Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. We are live. Hello, everyone. Hello out there, Difference Makers. Today, Latricia and I are back on video. Today, we are going to be talking about self-made. But this time, we're going to be reviewing some of the accuracies and some of the falsehood in in those stories. So we're going with the theme, good to go, which means yes, it's true. So-so kind of true and a no-go just a straight up fib (laughs) latricia yes which one did you want to start with you can start us off let's start with the no-go the no-go that i want to start with is about addie monroe and madam cj walker being these arch rivals and having this feud. First of all, Addie Monroe is a made up character. There was no one in Madam CJ's life named Addie Monroe, but there was a lady whose name was Annie Malone. And Annie Malone also had a hair care company. In fact, Madam CJ Walker was one of her agents. In the miniseries, it showed how Addie Monroe didn't want Madam C.J. Walker to be one of her agents because she didn't have the look. But that is not true or was not true in real life because she did actually work for Annie Malone. And there was no issue about colorism and Annie wasn't well to do. She had a story that was very similar to Madam C.J. Walker. Her parents were former enslaved. She had very lowly beginnings. She was orphaned. And she also was a self-made millionaire. She built her company from the ground up. They weren't these arch rivals. Now, at some point, they became competitors because Madam C.J. Walker left her company and started her own. And they became competitors. But the all that rivalry and stuff, that was pure entertainment. No go. No go. All right. Well, I'm going to say the question. I'm going to pause. And if you're watching this, even if you're watching a replay, please type in what you think. If it's good to go, no go, or so-so. Okay. All right. Was Charles Walker's dad name? Cleophis. <laughs> what do you think about his name? Was Charles Walker's dad named Cleophis? And that is a no go. It was a totally made up name. His actual name was Owen. I believe they added Cleophis. Y'all always have to say it like that because that's why they added for theatrics to sound like a Somebody born in the 1800s that was actual slave. So there was no Cleophis. That was one of my questions in one of our previous videos. So his dad's name was really Owen. It was Owen. 
The Cleophas did add some dramatic effect, and it was actually quite memorable. I remember that character name. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I can say that. I, I can see that being the power of writing, why they chose that word, why they chose that name. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question then, since you're on a roll. How about, let me find one. Did Madam C.J. Walker disagree with her daughter's marriage? Did she disagree with her daughter's marriage? This is a so-so. Based on my research, she did disagree with her daughter's marriage. Her daughter was married three times. She was married twice within Madam C.J. Walker's lifespan. The first time she was married, she was married to a doctor. But he was kind of a bad boy. I guess he was a rebel. And then near... Madam C.J. Walker's deathbed, she wanted her to marry her second husband, who was also a doctor. And the daughter fulfilled those wishes. So, yes, the mother did disapprove of her daughter's marriage, but it wasn't because he was a juke joint owner. It was because he was just kind of a bad boy. Now, was that John Robinson? I'm not sure. John was one of the name of her husbands, but I'm not sure which one was the bad boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then she married again after the second husband, but I'm not sure why she divorced him or if he passed away or what happened. So she was married three times, and after that, she was like, forget it. Yes. No more marriages. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confused. No, Madam C.J. Walker was married three times, and I think the daughter's married twice. So, but she was married to John Robinson. That was a real husband. That was a real name, yes. Real name. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it was the first or second husband, but he was a doctor. Okay. During a part of the movie, there was a disagreement with Booker T. Washington. Did that disagreement really occur? Were they rivals, or was that an exaggeration. I think it was an exaggeration. I was reading something that the great great granddaughter had written and she said that Madam CJ Walker tried to get in contact with Booker T Washington and she wanted to speak and he didn't let her speak. He kind of snubbed her at this convention, but she stood up from the audience and spoke anyway. And then later she had donated some money because, you know, she was a philanthropist and she had donated some money to get this YMCA open in Indianapolis. And I think at that time, Booker T. Washington kind of changed his mind about her and offered her to be a speaker at the convention the following year. And then mm -hmm. she also said when they opened the YMCA, that Booker T. Washington came to her house and stayed at her home. So maybe they had a little conflict at some point, but resolved it later. Okay. So was it good to go, no go, or so-so? I'm going to call it a so-so. So-so. Okay. All right. And speaking of Booker T. Washington, I'm not sure if you had time to look this up, but I know we touched on it. His wife. And the movie stated she started an organization. What was the accuracy of that? Was that a accurate statement? 
what's the outcome of that? Yes, that is good to go. In fact, I read that, I can't remember the exact name of it, was it the National Association of Colored Women? Yes. Okay. In fact, I read that it existed before the NAACP. And it was true that some man had written something that caused them to start this organization. And the organization is still in existence, to my understanding. Okay, cool. We will list the organization's website in our comments later. That's very powerful to know. And I think this is our second time we've done some type of research and realized that something is still occurring. The last time it was the Black History. Um, Carter Woodison still has a theme from hundreds of years, well, decades ago. So it's good to know that stuff is still alive and well. Okay. Yeah, it's really exciting to know that something like that still exists after over a hundred years. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It is. Okay. Let's see. How about, let me find something. Did Lilia adopt a daughter because she didn't have children of her own? Is that no go, good to go or so, so that is good to go. She actually did adopt a daughter because she didn't have any biological children. That was her only adoptive daughter. And you touched on this a little bit. Well, you didn't reveal this, but her great-great-granddaughter was named after Madam C.J.'s daughter. So her name is Lalia, too. And she is the lady who's keeping the legacy alive. And she worked with Netflix and also wrote a book. I read that she was speaking of how when she visited the mansion Mm -hmm. some of the experiences she feels knowing that those are her ancestors that lived in that home so she really did have an adopted daughter i'm so glad that the legacy continued in that manner so and you know one interesting thing that i i found out i watched this documentary called two dollars and a dream i think it is and it was about Madam C.J. Walker, and there were people who were former employees, and the husband of the adopted daughter, her name was May, Fairy May, I think, and he was saying how they used her to be a model because she had like this long hair. She was Mm dark-skinned, and she had this long hair, and they used her to sell the product saying, you know, look what look what our products do, how how this how your hair can grow. And I just thought that that was interesting because in a way it was false advertisement because this child already had this long flowy hair that mm-hmm. had nothing to do with Madam CJ Walker's hair growing products. Yeah. You gotta get it how you live. <laughs> No, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, you got to use what you can use. use but got, yeah, yeah. But in the in the actual miniseries, it was a dark skinned girl with very long hair. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everyone had the names of real people, other than the what was her name, Addie Addie Monroe. And you can't forget Cleophis. Oh yeah, and Cleophis. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Madam C.J. Walker. Well, we know she really was married to Charles Walker. Did she divorce him 
And did she divorce him because of infidelity? What did you find out on that? Well, I did find out that she divorced him. Like you said earlier, she was married three times. Her first husband died. Her second husband, I guess he was abusive and a cheater. And then her third husband, CJ, was a cheater. So she did divorce him. And I didn't find out if it was because he cheated on her or not. But I know that they got a divorce and he did marry the lady like they showed in the miniseries. And they started this company that failed as well as their marriage. Mm, Yep. So three is definitely not a charm in all cases. So she was married three times. That was her third husband. Mm -hmm. He was the third husband. I read something also, and it did say that a wedge was driven into their relationship because of her success. I believe that was accurate in some of the emotions they showed in his acting. I can see how that could happen. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple of so-sos, a couple of good-to-goes. What other no-go? Let's see. How about the lawyer, Ransom? Ransom. At first, I thought they were exaggerating with that name probably also because that sounded so pompous for a black man to be named Ransom and speak that way. But his name really was Ransom. And he really did adore Madam C.J. Walker. Not only was he important in Madam C.J. Walker's life, he was also the lawyer for Indiana's NAACP and Frederick Douglass Life Insurance. I'm not sure what city it was, what city they named, but the first small black community was named after him. It was named Ransom. So I thought that was very interesting to know who it was named after. And he adored his, um, Madam C.J. Walker so much that he named his youngest daughter, Alayla. I saw that. I was like, wow, everybody. And I was getting so confused with this name. I was like, okay, who else is named this? There's so many people with this same name. I think in that documentary that I watched, I believe she was in the documentary. Okay. I think he stayed on until he died. He was a member or a part of the, the Walker Manufacturing Company. Don't quote me on that. It was for a long time. I want to say until he died, but it could be before he died. It seemed like they were all dying so young. So Yeah, they were. They did die young. And even his, even uh, Madam C.J. Walker's daughter didn't live past 55. I don't remember the age being over 55, but the technology then, I imagine, and the use of medicine that we have now, we didn't have then. So, right. Yes. And it's true about her. So that's good to go. She actually did die from kidney failure and hypertension. And yes, she was relatively young. She was Mm -hmm. she was early 50s. Yeah. If if late 40s, she was young. Yeah. So hypertension, which is still an issue in our communities now that we need to really monitor and do the best that we can to alter that health path. Okay, another question, because, you know, people have been talking about the historical inaccuracies of this film, and which is one of the reasons why we are having this conversation today. Another issue that people have brought up is the issue about whether or not her daughter 
Alilia whether or not she was a lesbian. I'm going to say this was a no-go. There was no documentation, no letters left or anything that suggested that she was a queer woman. I believe this was written to include different subcultures of Black people. That's what I think it was written for, because it wasn't that the mom was upset that she was in a, a marriage with John. She was upset that she was in an unhealthy marriage. So it is a no-go. There's no documentation showing that. I just, I personally think that they did that to make it more inclusive. Now, it's interesting that you would say that because I had listened to something else and it was like a long time ago and like in the 80s where I think they were somebody else was doing a documentary or maybe have been for that documentary, Two Dollars in a Dream. But that was one of the questions that he asked a person who said that she had gone to a party at the mansion or somewhere. He asked that question was Alilia, was she a lesbian? And the lady was saying how she partied and, you know, she had all these lavish parties in which I think there's all kinds of documentation about these lavish parties that she had during the Harlem Renaissance and how inclusive she was during that time. So people, there were a lot of gay people there, straight people, like she was just open. And I think that was one of the things in the miniseries is that when she went to Harlem, she was saying that how much she loved Harlem because there were all kinds of black people. There were just, she hadn't seen so many different kind of people before. And I think it was just the freedom for people to be whoever they were. So if she wasn't a lesbian, I think that she probably was an ally of the LGBT community back in those days. Okay. And that makes sense that they would associate her with it because of her surroundings so yeah yeah i did see a picture of the mansion oh so i'm not sure this is a kind of spring it up on you but i was one part of the movie i was very curious about it was saying if she was going to have this big celebration with black people in a predominantly rich white neighborhood do you know if that was true or false or good to go no Go or so-so? I don't know. I'm going to say it was so-so because I did read that she had a convention with over 200 people, which was what they were planning. But I don't recall where they said it was or if I even read where it was. But I do remember that she had this convention because they were saying that this was one of the first conventions with women entrepreneurs in history. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm going to say it's a so-so. I'm not sure where it was. I do believe it was in her, it was at her, the picture, I'm going to post that in the comments too. It was in her mansion, in her mansion. And it looked like, it looked like the 1915 version of Instagram, of a bomb Instagram photo with all these women on the balconies near the, near the lake, um, not the lake, near the pool and she actually did live in the same neighborhood of Rockefeller. Right. She did. she did. 
you know, they weren't next door neighbors, but yeah, it was in the same neighborhood. It was in the same neighborhood. And I remember reading also that she wanted her mansion place a certain way so people would know. Yeah, there's a black woman that lives there. Yeah, because that probably that was the first time in history because they said it was a sprawling mansion. I, and I was reading something where the Sundial Company, where they recently purchased the mansion, and they're talking about turning into like a think tank for African American mm-hmm. women entrepreneurs. So I think that's pretty cool. But I think I read that shortly after Lilia died, that they ended up selling the mansion. From what I understand, she spent a lot of the money. And then when the Great Depression came, I guess it just was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's crazy. But they, her company, Madam C.J. Walker Company, stayed in a fight for decades. I remember reading all the way up to the 70s. And even today, there is a product called MCJW that's available at Sephora. Is that how you say it? Sephora. Yes. Sephora. Sephora. Mm-hmm. You know I don't shop there. So yeah, they <laughs> they, yeah, they they pricey. Yeah, I think they said that in 2016, the, I, I guess, or is it 2013 or 2016 or something? That's when Sundial bought the Madam C.J. Walker brand and that they have been selling it in Sephora for all these years. Yeah, so that is true legacy. That is a true legacy. But interestingly enough, the, the great-great-granddaughter said that you know she didn't grow up well-to-do. Like, she came from a regular family, so they didn't reap the fruits of Madam C.J. Walker's legacy. I don't mm. know what happened, but I guess decades before, it just was no longer there. One thing I did see about Madam C.J. Walker, she understood the importance of legal means. Like she did have ransom around. And I also read when she was on her deathbed that she wrote how much money she wanted to continue to go to charities and things like that. So maybe Madam C.J. Walker did that. Maybe even Layla did that. But somewhere along the line, I believe somebody took legal representation off their consultation. And that's why it happened that way. So that's very important. Get your wheels, write down everything. If you have land, we really have to be more mindful of that, not just say, well, I'm going to be gone, so I don't care. Because imagine imagine if she would have felt like that. Well, I'm going to be dead, so there's some families that don't even want uh, you to put a life insurance on them. Oh, you're just trying to get rich off me. Well, $5,000 is not going to get me rich. going to make me very rich. And I think that's what she was, it seems like in the film anyway, that she was trying to establish this legacy and her daughter, Olivia, I guess that's why she wanted her to get a husband and have some children so that she could establish a legacy and have someone to take over after she died. Because I think the mansion that she had built, I think was finished in 1918 and or 1917 and she died in 1918 or she it was finished in 1918 and she died in 1919. So it was just a really short period of time that she actually lived there. And then her daughter took over the mansion and then took over the business. And she wasn't the business person that her mother was. And then when she died, her daughter took over the business. And I don't know what kind of business person 
she was and what happened after that. But I know, like you're saying, as far as legalities go, she put that she wanted a woman to be the president of her company. So mm. I guess they maintained that for the duration of the company. And like you said, it lasted well into the, the 1980s, but mm-hmm. w- not without ups and downs, of course, but it's yeah. still. And yeah, she- for her to, to still be known as that person, unlike Annie Malone, her her company made millions as well, or she was a millionaire as well, but we don't hardly hear anything about her or we don't hear anything about her. Mm-hmm. Do you think, well, this is just my take on it. I never knew about all the organizations that Madam CJ Walker helped, but I think helping others is a part of your legacy too. And if you just help yourself and help your family, I believe that kind of limits you. Most of the wealthy people that I know or I can think of, they are always given to another organization. And I wonder if that was the difference. Well, I think, like you said, she left in her her will for them to always give to these organizations. So maybe they, even if they didn't want to, maybe they still did to honor her. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I, I think that is important. And I think that's one of the things she said about making money is that she wasn't making it for herself, but she was making it to help other people. And I think that's what a lot of people, that's the mentality of a lot of people. I can help more people with the more money that I make. Mm-hmm. The less money I make, the less people I can help. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is imp- it's very important to give back. Money is a tool. Yep. All in how you use it. Okay, so do we have anything else? Let's see. How about was Madam C.J. Walker in the New York Times? No go, good to go, so-so. It is good to go. My first research, the only thing that I saw was her obituary. And I'm thinking, so you mean to tell me this wealthy black woman during Jim Crow times make all these successes and the only thing we know about her is when she died but there was an article showing that she was interviewed by them so she was interviewed by New York Times yeah and I was that where she was quoted as saying that she hadn't made a million dollars because I think that was another issue was whether or not she was actually the first female self-made millionaire because she had quoted, I think they said in the New York Times, that she had not made a million dollars. She wasn't a millionaire. I'm not sure, but according to the Guinness World Book, she was the first female millionaire. But there was some arguments because they wanted her mentor to be listed as the first millionaire, but there was no documentation of her, of her bank account. And Madam C.J. Walker just didn't do hair products. She really did. This is kind of another good to go. She really did have beauty schools. So she really did have factories. She really did um, employ thousands of people. So did Annie Malone. She mm-hmm. had a be- the beauty school and she had her fa- In fact, I was looking at something and it, it, it just seemed like they're businesses were parallel because 
Annie Malone, she had this big old building on a corner. I think, was it St. Louis? She had this big old building. And then in Indianapolis, Madam C.J. Walker had this big old building. And they, they kind of had the same same kind of things in these buildings. So I thought mm-hmm. it was so interesting how similar their lives were. Mm-hmm. And I think she got a divorce that kind of tore down her business because she had to split it in half with her ex-husband. And then, of course, the big depression came. Who is she? Um, Annie Malone. Okay. So she really did get a divorce. So that was good to go. Well, no, in the story, they didn't say she got a divorce. In the story, they said he, did he die and she was a widow? Is that what they were going with in the miniseries? I don't think they said, did they say? Or did he? I don't remember. I believe they made it seem as if she was a widow because they said something about her black eye. So, yeah, I think they implied that she was a widow. One other thing, this was a, you you mentioned a few places. You said St. Louis, you said Indiana. We talked about New York. So did Madam C.J. Walker travel and live in a lot of places? Yes, that is good to go. I know she lived in Pittsburgh. Was it Colorado? Where did she go? She went. Colorado. It was. Colorado. She went there to sell the products under Annie Malone. Mm -hmm. And then she moved to Indianapolis. And that's where she got her factory going and met CJ Walker and changed her name and and just blew up her business. Mm -hmm. And after that, she moved to New York. But even prior to her becoming adult, she was from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then she, when she was 10 years old, she moved to a town called Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is where I was born. And that's where she had her daughter. So she lived a lot of different places in America and even traveled to the Caribbean islands. Yeah. And her business was all over. It was outside of America. It was international as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else? I think that covers all of the things that I can think of. That covers it all. Good to go. No going. So-so. So I knew Cleophis. I knew something was up with that. And some things were surprising to me. Now let's reflect on some of those. Good to go. No going. So-so. What were some things that were surprising to find out that was actually true? Hmm. Um, I can't think of anything what was surprising to you i think the part that surprised me the most i'm not sure why was well what you told me during this interview during this discussion i did not know that she actually did speak at a men's convention eventually so to find out that part well it was a so-so but to find out that part actually happened when you were saying that, i was like i cannot believe that in the night early 1900s that a woman spoke at a men's convention And the other thing that was surprising to me or was that she actually, her daughter actually adopted someone because I, you don't hear a lot about even now in 2020, black adoption is low. So unless it's like a family member or something like that, but well, even then it's still low. So I think that was a pleasant surprise for me that that actually did happen. 
And now that you said that, I will go back and say that that's a surprise to me as well. It's a surprise to me that it happened because one, this child had a family, but I guess her father died, which left the family destitute. And the mother let her travel around with them. But for the mother to let her adopt her, to me, that is surprising, the fact that she was adopted out. But I guess she was one of seven children. And not that she actually was adopted, not the whole adoption, but the fact that that her mother let this family adopt her. Okay. What was a no-go that made you feel relieved? Was there a no-go that made you feel relieved? Um, I would say the no-go that made me feel relieved was the whole thing about the fighting over colorism and this dark skin, light skin argument that is just so old that I don't even understand why this conversation is still going on, nor do I understand why they needed to include that in this film if it was false. So that's mine. It's still going on, but I don't, uh, I read an article and the lady said one reason she hated the colorism so much is it implies that dark skinned people have lower self-esteem. Like there's dark skinned people. that's like, I'm dark and I love it. So, um, that that's something that we attempt to achieve. So yeah, I, um, I was relieved to see that too, that there wasn't all that cattiness and backbiting. And she didn't steal her agents either. So that mm-hmm. was that was awesome. Yeah, didn't steal her agents. And Madam C.J. Walker did not steal her formula. Attempting to say that Madam C.J. Walker stole Annie's formula is like saying, Latricia, you stole my cake because you use eggs in your cake. Right. They both had sulfur in their products. So that's why some people were saying, well, she did have some products. She did have some chemicals and things that were similar to Annie. But yeah, if I if you bake a cake and I bake a cake and I put eggs in and you say, Phyllis, you stole my cake, everybody's gonna be like, you're crazy. Yeah. So there was no stealing of formulas. I was looking at that one documentary and they said that she had consulted with someone. I don't know if it was a chemist or something and that she had, I guess, a can or jar or whatever of Annie's hair care. And I guess he told her what was in it and told her what she could add to it or take away from it or whatever to make her own product. But I think her great, great granddaughter said that it came to her in a dream. And I think that was was that in the that in was the in the series? series? Yeah, that's what she said. Mm-hmm. So overall, what is your assessment of the miniseries? Good to go, no go, or so so? Well, you know, if you watched, if anybody has watched the first or two reviews that we did, Tiffany Haddish. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I'm glad that she's expanding her roles, but I would have liked for it to be another actress. I'm going to go with so-so because I'm glad that we do include various things or bring various things to surface. But if you do too much, it becomes overwhelming. I used to love this show called Switched at Birth and Every season, they would try to touch on something else. It'll be colorism. It'll be disability. It'll be racism. It'll be 
drugs. It'll be sometimes it's you can't cover everything. And I feel like that's what they tried to do in this movie. They tried to cover a lot of stuff, but um, I would give it a so-so. At least it got people talking. At least it got people researching. So for that, I'm happy that people are researching. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to change it. Okay, maybe the storylines and all that stuff was so-so. But the outcome of what's going to happen because of it is good to go. You remember, I think it was Malcolm X movie. And at the end, those little boys stood up and said, I'm Malcolm X, I'm Malcolm X. What I picture now is like little black girls or brown girls saying, I'm Madam C.J. Walker. I'm going to be a president of my company. I'm going to give away money to organizations that need it. I'm going to build a mansion and live in the live beside Bill Gates. So Mm -hmm. for that reason, I think because of the outcome, the seeds that have been planted because of it, I say good to go. But with the storyline and some of the casting, I'll say so-so. I'll say so-so as well. I think for entertainment purposes, I think the miniseries was entertaining. I think that it it kept me coming back to watch all four episodes. So it was good enough for me to watch the entire thing. And I don't know if that was because we were going to talk about it. I was going to watch it anyway. And although, yeah, it had some issues in it that I didn't really care for, I still think it's so-so. And like you said, the fact that it brought awareness to so many more people who didn't know who Madam C.J. Walker was, now people know and people are looking up to see if these things are true and they're learning more and more. For me, the story about her daughter Olivia, I think her story is even fascinating. So the great, great granddaughter says she's writing a book about her. And I'm looking forward to reading that book. Okay. And when we first started this or outlining this, we did so because there's some, there's some information that people still don't know about. And we didn't even touch this in the good to go. So, so, and no, no. When I was going to school, I always learned her that she invented the straightening cone, which was a no-go. So it is going to educate a lot of us, inspire a lot of us. And for that reason, I am so glad to have watched and supported this miniseries. Yeah, me too. Now, she did popularize the hot comb. And I think a lot of people take issue with her because of the whole hair straightening thing. And I was watching that one film, that documentary, and the people that were there, they said she didn't allow them to use the word straightening. Like, we didn't talk about straightening. We talked about healthy hair. So mm. I guess the whole straightening from the comb was part of the healthy hair. But that wasn't that wasn't her mission. That wasn't her goal. I guess her goal was for black women to have healthy hair, which I thought that was interesting. All, All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can talk Oh, we want to. So we out. Nah. <laughs> thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Until next time. So you guys get to see what we really do when we're not live. <laughs> Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to 
Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.